Welcome to the Creating Your Beautiful Life podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Hansen. I'm an invisible illness warrior, kidney transplant recipient, speech and language expert, mom to four, and life coach for people who have gone through incredible health challenges. On this podcast, I teach you how to move forward from difficulty and disappointment into joy and abundance as you take charge of creating your own beautiful life. Hey guys, how's it going? Today we are going to be talking about your relationship with yourself. Okay, this time of year, people are ramping up for the holidays and thinking about new changes that are coming up in the next year. For those of us in the chronic illness community and specifically the immunosuppressed, it's just been plain hard. (laughs) If you're listening later, this is November 2021. We're still in the throes of COVID. And if you're anything like me, you probably thought this would be over by now. (laughs) I know everyone has a different opinion, but we can all agree that keeping yourself safe when you have next to no immune system in a global pandemic can be terrifying to say the least. So why did I choose to talk about your relationship with yourself? Well, it's because if you want to create a new future for yourself, you've got to start with how and what you want to think about yourself. Even if we're going through something really hard right now, it's us being intentional about the future that's going to create a present that we actually like. Now, for some of you, when I tell you to think about the future, you're gonna get scared. You might be thinking about how your health or your symptoms might be worse in the future. You might be scared of how much your medical costs are gonna be or if you're gonna be able to work or have a family the way you want to. Well, I'm gonna start out with a little story for you. (laughs) Back in the olden days, no, not that long ago, I got accepted to grad school and in the middle of it, I was in a church leadership position. We were thinking about starting our family. I'd been married for about a year and In the middle of my graduate program, it was two years long. My husband's in the Air Force. I knew he was going to have to move halfway through the program. And I mean, you can't argue with the military. Once it's time to go, you're going. So I started this graduate program not knowing if I was going to be able to finish this. This is back in 2006. So like I said, it's been a minute. And online learning was not a thing, like not not to the extent it is today. Uh, telecommuting, not a thing. So I was understandably under a lot of pressure, under a lot of stress. I had a lot of things pulling at me and I felt like I needed to get everything done for a two-year graduate program in one year. And I essentially, that is what I needed to do in order to be able to graduate. So I would often sit with my grad school friends and as we were complaining and trying to get through all the stress, I would just say, I wish I could look five years in the future from now. I just wish that I could see yes or no. Did I finish the program? Yes or no. Did I pass the praxis? Did I do my CFY? Did I have a child? Did we start our family? Can we even have kids? 
I just want to know. I just want this crystal ball to open up. I just look five years from now, have this tiny glimpse that yes, it happened. And then I was like, if I could just know that it would happen, that the professors were going to say, yes, you can, you can go move across the country and we will just work by email. All of this. If I just knew that that would happen, then I could do the next day. I could do the next thing. And to be honest, that kind of thinking, like all it did was cause me so much pain because I was putting all of my thoughts and worries and energies into something that I felt like I had no control over just made me feel worse. Okay. So March, 2020 hit. I had actually gone back to work after being a stay-at-home mom for 10 years. And I I was working in the schools as an SLP and started to do online learning with my clients. And I had this opportunity come up where, I mean, we all know, 2020, March 2020. It depends on where you live, but where I lived, everything shut down. There, you couldn't do a single thing, like nothing. Like even we were living on university campus at the time and there was times when they told us that we could not leave our houses. Um, So my tiny little grad school apartment (laughs) with our four kids, my husband still in the throes of his PhD, me working from home, it was intense and it was scary, especially because I'm a kidney transplant recipient and All of the data coming in was so terrifying for people that were immunocompromised. So I took that time though, and I thought, you know what? This is really scary, but I am going to take this moment to really figure out what I want and who I am. So I joined a group program. It's with Danica Brysha. She does a self-care society. It's fabulous. If you ever want to dive into self-care classes, I highly recommend it. But I started taking these classes. I started pulling out a journal and really getting deeply in touch with who I was and who I wanted to be in the future. I started rewriting my relationship with my current self, my past self, and my future self in a way that I hadn't before. And I started really putting up boundaries. Even though we lived in a small place with our four kids and I was in charge of helping them to do their schooling too, when I had my classes, I started to close the door and say, no, this is mom's time. And I took these little pockets of half an hour at a time to really dive into who I was and what I wanted to create in the future. I knew that without all of the external activities, the swim team, the orchestra, the cross country, all of the things I was taking my kids to, all of those external things had fallen away and it was time for me to discover who I was. Okay. I like to think about when we are little kids, like when you're a little kid and you ask somebody what they want to grow up to be, I don't know, like it could change daily. It could change every five minutes. But kids are so good at dreaming. It's so easy for them when they're little. 
They could be an astronaut. They could be a writer. They could be a firefighter. They could be a police officer. They could be a teacher. They could be like anything, anything that pops in their mind. And I am just so fascinated by that. And I'm super fascinated by what happens to us as we're growing up that we stop having dreams for ourselves. Like, when do we stop that? Why? Why does it get harder when you get older? I think a part of it is because you start taking on other people's expectations of what they think your life should look like. You forget yourself. You forget to take care of yourself. You forget to listen to yourself. At least that's how I used to be. Now I know there's something different. I know it's possible for me to have a relationship with the person that I'm going to be in the future. And that person really likes it when I dream. She really likes it when I let my mind just expand to anything, anything that I want to create. Now I have a relationship with the person that I'm going to be in five years, in 10 years, 25 years, when I'm 80. Like I never used to think about her. And now I think about her all the time. And why would I do that? Well, Like I said, I caused myself a lot of unnecessary pain as I was going through grad school. I put so much of my opinion of myself on if other people around me approved of me. I wanted to make sure that they thought I was okay and doing okay so that I could feel okay. I was giving away all of my power because I felt like I needed other people's permission to stand up and do what I wanted to do. Going to college was a big deal in my family. I was the first woman in my family to get a four-year degree, let alone a master's degree. I liked having someone grading me all the time. It helped me to know where I stood. It helped me to know if I was on track or not. But the truth is, is that my thoughts were what was creating my ability to feel good or bad about myself. I relied on what I thought other people thought to set my status of how I was doing in this life. This is not a comfortable way to live, but it was familiar. When we take on other people's expectations, we think that if other people can be happy, then we have the permission to be happy. I have this great quote from Alicia Keys. It's from her book, More Myself. And she says, everything you want to be, you already are. You're simply on the path to discovering it. It's hard to pinpoint the precise moment when we internalize others' assessments. It's usually not just a single experience, but rather a series of moments that bruise the spirit and lead us to distrust ourselves and those around us. All my best decisions in life have come when I tuned into what felt like the best moves for me. I'd spent so much of my life looking to others for answers, allowing their opinions to drown out my instincts. And so this is our work to develop a relationship with ourselves. And what I've learned over the past few years, especially as I've been intensely studying life coaching, is that I never needed anyone's permission. I just thought I did. I thought that my opinion was not worth as much as other people's. That was the kind of relationship that I had with myself. 
I was telling myself over and over again that other people's opinions mattered more than mine. No wonder I had such a terrible relationship with myself. I was always being so mean to me. I want you to listen closely because this is the key. Our relationship with ourselves consists of the thoughts that we consistently think about ourselves. Those thoughts we think again and again over time become our beliefs that we have for ourselves. So how did I start having a different relationship with myself? Well, I started talking to myself. I know this sounds strange, but we always have some sort of running dialogue going on. And it wasn't until I started to tap into that, that I realized, oh, I could direct this dialogue. I could have a conversation with me as part of my brain being the watcher of this internal dialogue, understanding the watcher, trying to be curious and understand what's going on with this internal dialogue, why we've adopted all of these thoughts and all of these beliefs. So I remember when I very first started life coaching, I started writing about the past. I started writing to my past self. The first time I did this, it was It was so emotional for me. I wrote about my experience of being diagnosed with kidney disease and being on the kidney transplant list. And it was a painful story. It was really hard to write. It was really hard to listen to myself as I was writing it too because it felt so visceral and it felt so true and it felt so painful and so hard. And it also felt like it was something that I hadn't really let myself feel. I hadn't really let myself have the space to even say all of those things. The next thing I did after really absorbing that and really getting all of that out was I flipped over the page and then I wrote a new story. I wrote the story from how my future self saw what was happening and what had happened. I came at it from a place of ultimate compassion and self-love. And as I compared the two stories, I could tell both of them were true. One was not better than the other one, but one produced results that I wanted more of in my life. The one that was coming from love and self-compassion Those thoughts that I had gotten down on paper about my kidney disease, those were the ones that I wanted to adopt. Those were the ones that I wanted to intentionally practice. But I couldn't get there if I hadn't seen what my brain was doing on autopilot, on default. Something that my body was trying to tell me, hey, something really big has happened to you. You should pay attention to me. I paid attention to that part of me too. And because of that, I now know how to look to my future self. The one I'm taking care of in the present and I can ask her any question and she has all the answers that I need. So if you are having a hard time accessing your future self and you don't know what she looks like and you can't imagine what it would be like, I encourage you to start thinking about your past self. 
My coach, Brooke Castillo, has a great exercise where you look to the past and you write a letter to your 17-year-old self. So you can do this exercise, but just for the sake of the podcast, if you were to write to your 17-year-old self and tell her, oh, don't date that guy. Don't worry about not getting asked out to this prom. All of these worries that you had when you were 17, this is not a problem. This was a problem. This isn't like all of that advice. Like, don't worry about what other people think, whatever. Think about delivering that note that you would write now to your 17-year-old self. Think about what your 17-year-old self, how she would receive that note. How would she interpret it? How would she take advice from your present future to herself? Once you've done this, or at least kind of gotten your brain around this concept, it makes it a lot easier to write to your future self. And this is the person who has achieved all of the goals that you've set for yourself. She has all of the outcomes that you want, all of the dreams, all of the visions for your life. And now practice loving her. I practiced asking my future self, what is she thinking? How did she do that? And I'll tell you what, she always delivers because I've practiced trusting her instead of trusting external forces. I'm trusting myself more than other people outside of myself. I've learned that she is the most wise guide I could ever have. She has the answers when she's living in alignment with our values. And she's always going to tell me what's important and what to worry about and what to work on and what to do and what is not and what I need to let go of, what I need to forgive, all of that. Okay. One of the things that keeps us from doing this is that we are afraid we're going to be disappointed in the future. So we just don't do anything. A lot of you tell me, I don't even know who I am. I want to figure out who I am. Well, you can't find out who you are without starting to think about taking action towards any outcome that you want. Because when you start thinking about it and start taking steps towards that, it's going to reveal to you who you are and where you're at right now. That's when all the mind drama is going to come up. Say if I wanted to lose 20 pounds, if I ask my past self, hey, how do we lose 20 pounds? She doesn't have the answer. She's like, we've never done this before, or we did it before, and now we're back here, and it didn't work. She's not the one to go to. The answer lies in my future self when I see her at the weight or the health level or whatever it is. I see her where she is at, and then I ask her, hey, how did we get healthier? What did I start doing to lose 20 pounds? How did I start making myself a priority? I practice being friends with her. I practice liking my future self. I'm practicing taking care of her. Think of all the gifts that you can give to your present And all the wisdom that you can learn from your future self right now. She always knows how you got there. Even if you don't. Your future self will give you the wisdom to know 
all that you need to do to take the next right step. Your future self knows the answers and she can't wait to tell them to you. That's it for now. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you're looking for a life coach to work with, what are you waiting for? Let's coach together today. Hope you have a wonderful week creating beauty wherever you go.